Here we go on this week's weekly Parsha podcast, Parsha's Vayigash edition. And you can imagine how intense the room must have felt. You could probably hear a pin drop when Yosef and Yehuda are engaging in this epic discussion Vayigashe love Yehuda. Yehuda, the strong and mighty warrior, the monarch steps forward. The Medrash describes just how tall, gigantic, and powerful Yehuda was, able to stomp his foot and send an earthquake through the land, threatening to destroy Yosef and all of Mitzrayim. The Medrash says that his hairs would stick straight up, rip through his shirt. And he would become enraged. I want to make a point. Quite literally. But he was standing face to face. Unbeknownst to him. With his long lost brother Yosef. Yosef Atzadik. Also. A future king. A present king. It is truly a clash of titans. Of monarchs. And Yehuda is pleading his case. Please don't harm the lad. Benjamin's been staged. He's been set up. Somebody put your goblet in his satchel. But I'll techta Bayella. Don't harm the child. It wasn't him. And it seems at this moment, after two powerful and emotional Anarchic soliloquies. Lo yachol Yosef apik. Yosef could no longer bear it. He had seen the achdos, the lessons learned. He had seen the fulfillment of his dreams. And so he ushered everyone out of the room. And there was nobody left when Yosef would utter those famous words, just him and his brothers... Ani Yosef, it is I, I am your brother Yosef Ha'oid Avichai. Is my dad still alive? And the brothers could not respond because of Busha. The Parsha is climactic, it gives us closure. It really is the closing of. A long saga and narrative that also opens up the chapter of no longer the small family of Yaakov, but what's going to be an entire nation sojourning in a foreign country before they are let out to the eventual Sefer Vayikra and the Mishkan and the Karbonos. I'd like to focus this week on trying to see you the story from a different angle. To bring out a lesson I've never heard before. I found it to be fascinating. Kind of hard to put into practice. But if taken full advantage of and harnessed, I think it's safe to say that it will take a person pretty far, both in this world and the next. When Yosef reveals himself, the Pasuk tells us that he began to cry. He wept. 
And the manager points out, why was he crying? Was he overwhelmed with emotion? Perhaps. Was he happy? Was he sad? The manager says that he was crying to be Mephias them, to calm their nerves as they were probably embarrassed of what they had done. The curtain was lifted. And in fact, the Medrash tells us that we're supposed to learn from the brother's embarrassment that even when a younger brother reveals himself in this world, brothers will be embarrassed of their actions. How much more so when HaKadosh Baruch Hu, blessed be he, on that impending day of reckoning and judgment when he will raise the curtain and then ask us, Ani Yosef, Ani Hashem, what have you done with your life? And God forbid, we shouldn't be embarrassed, but we should have the answers. But the measures points out that this crying was to try to calm their nerves. Don't be so embarrassed to mollify them, to rectify the situation, to say, don't worry about it. Makes a lot of sense. For when he does reveal himself, he tells them, it wasn't even your fault. It's not your fault. This is all heavenly ordained. Don't be distressed. Do not reproach yourself. Don't tear yourselves up for having sold me here to this place. It was to be a provider of food that Hashem has sent me ahead of you. I'm just setting up the Jewish society and civilization here for everyone else to come down. So, oh, thank you for all of this, by the way. And here's a big hug. And I'm crying of happiness, it sounds like. The pious, I could imagine, the mollification, the appeasement, is a laughing, a crying of, wow, this is so funny. That's kind of how I envision it. It's unbelievable, Rabbi Rucham points out, the great Mirror Mashkiach, that we are treated to the lesson here of a new Shulchan Aruch, a new set of laws. For we are well acquainted with the laws of how one should refrain from injuring his fellow, whether it be with words or with actions. But here's a now new set of rules and guidelines for how to be the nizik, the one who has been hurt, to try to defray and curtail the amount of pain and embarrassment that the injurer, the mazik, must endure. For Yosef has every right in the world to say, why did you guys do this? Do you think this was a nice thing to do to throw me into a pit of snakes and scorpions? It serves you right. That's what I would have said. Look who's in charge now. Huh? Maybe he was entitled to that. Some good old-fashioned payback. After all, revenge is best served cold. 
But no. The first initial step, the halacha is in Simen Aleph of trying to be the injured one and take the charge, take the injury in the right way, is to hold on, guys, don't worry. It's not a big deal. You didn't even do anything. Don't be distressed. It wasn't even you. Hashem wanted me to be here, and now it's been great the whole time. It's good to see you. You want to go get a, some soda together? What can I get you? A Diet Coke? Distracting them. Don't tear yourselves up. He says multiple different phrases to try to calm their nerves. It's betachan. It's emuna. This is all fine and dandy. The next halacha in this brand new set of rules of how to take the charge, how to take the punches, is to give this kind of, at least Yosef gives this happy cry of being Mephias them. Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, this is such a misunderstanding. It's so funny. Unbelievable. If we compare the actions of these giants, of Yosef here, and contrast them with what we would do in a similar situation, that gray area is where you see what we're talking about here. For when even something slight, as the guy next to you comes into Shul and is putting on his talus, this is one of my pet peeves that I'll embarrass myself with, and He's setting up shop. He's opening his sitter. He puts his talus over his shoulder. He checks the sits his strings to make sure that they're unknotted or knotted in the right spots and all straight and kosher. And he throws his talus over his shoulder to do an etuf, a proper wrapping. And that sits his string whacks you in the eye, whipping you. The iris slashing your noggin. It's painful. It stings. How do you take that hit? I maybe would give some sort of don't worry about it smile or but deep down I wish that you would move five tables over. Maybe even if something else should happen or I should walk outside and see him. I don't know. Maybe I would take revenge. Hopefully not. When somebody will accidentally tap your car and a tiny fender bender, now you got to deal with it. Did he even do it maliciously or was it an accident? doesn't matter. How could he do that? Even any excuse we may have now that we've been looking to get back at this guy, all Gehenim will break loose. For now I'm entitled. How could you do that? And even if they are in the wrong, they were mazik you. Pops to mind somebody once stole an idea that I really worked hard on and set it over and took all the credit and it was hard. because I worked really hard on the idea and the Torah topic and I thought I had something and he heard it when I was saying it and set it over. That hurt. I don't know what I would do. But here we see in Simon Aleph and Simon Bays 
of the Shulchan Aruch, of Yosef HaTzadik, and how to take the hits and how to calm the mazik, the evildoer, to try to minimize the pain. You should say, make it look like it didn't happen even for the titus string guy. Like, oh, that didn't even hit me. Don't worry about it. It's all good. The guy who got into the fender bender, get out and make sure he's okay. Give him a big hug. I'm just happy you're okay. Don't worry about this. I mean, I guess if there's some halacha things that need to go down, you go about it very peacefully, without issue. And while I had to listen to the guy steal the idea that I was working on, worked on, and now he's getting all the credit, it's what a beautiful idea. I'm so happy that you came up with that. Or wow, I was thinking of something similar. It's so exciting that you got to share it with people. You're spreading Hashem's Torah. Unbelievable. It gets even more perplexing, astonishing, hair-raising, and exciting when Yosef HaTzadik tells them, now, now go back to go get your father and let's celebrate. Everything's great here. And he says, Al Make sure don't fight on the way. Rashi gives us some insight as to what Yosef is exactly referring to. What are they going to fight about? And one of the understandings, and in the most basic reading of the text, Yosef is trying to secure that the brothers will not argue about the selling of Yosef. He was worried maybe Shimon would turn to Yehuda, say something like, I told you we should never have done that. And the other brother would say back, it's his fault. Another brother would say, it's so embarrassing. I can't believe I ever let Yisachar or Zavulin talk me into that. Now, obviously, these are Torah giants, and there's a lot going on here, but at the most basic reading of the story, we can only see what we can see, and Yosef was afraid of any sort of quarreling, strife. Yosef was so concerned about minimizing the pain of the perpetrators, that's in parentheses, the pain of the mazik, the one charging down the lane, that even in the future, in their travels home, he's trying to make sure that they will not talk about it. And they won't cause each other pain. Unbelievable. The level of self-control that the Torah asks of us is hefty, significant. And this week we get, I think it's a new idea, this Chiddush, of that not only are we to try to not harm people, not say Lashon Hara, not hurt them in any way, but even if it happens to us, we're supposed to attempt to ease the pain on the attackers. It's a new idea that we can file away. And try to remember at the times that we do feel entitled to fight back. Perhaps we can channel our inner Yosef and say, eh, it's okay that you did that. 
selling me away to a pit with snakes and scorpions? It's okay. They hit me in the face with your talus. And even in the future, you see to it. You make sure that this guy feels absolutely no pain and stress about what he did. And I wonder if it is all made possible by Yosef's real emuna. And when he says he really didn't do anything, it was all orchestrated by Hashem. Hashem sent me down here just to set the Jewish community up in Egypt. So, that's this week's idea. Self-control to refrain from hurting, but also to minimize the agitation and angst, stress felt by even a possible perpetrator. A new Shulchan Aruch this week that we witness from the great actions of Yosef in this epic, dramatic and climactic parsha, a good Shabbos. Kill them, 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 kill them